And now we take you to Evangel Assembly of God in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. How many of you believe that having a special home security system is important in this day and age? Let me just see your hands. Yeah, it's important to have a home security system. Well, I ran across this the other day. It says, how to install a southern home security system. Number one, go to Goodwill or to the Teen Challenge thrift store and buy a pair of size 14 to 16 men's boots. Those are big boots, okay? Number two, you place those boots on your front porch along with a copy of Guns and Ammo magazine. (laughs) Number three, you put four giant dog dishes next to the boots and magazines. Number four, you leave a note on your door that reads, Bubba. Me and Marcel, Donnie Ray, and Jimmy Earl went for more ammo and beer. (laughs) Be back in an hour. Don't mess with the pit bulls. They got the mailman this morning and messed him up really bad. I don't think Killer took part, but it was hard to tell them all from the blood. Anyway, I locked all four of them in the house. Better wait outside. Be right back, Cooter. (laughs) That's a Southern home security system, amen? I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles, or and I love to hear those page rustling, but turn in your phones, whatever you've got there, to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We'll be looking at verses 9 through 15. I couldn't sleep on Thursday night, and about 1.30 I got up, and I was tired of tossing and turning, and so I decided to go ahead and get a jump start on the day. I thought I'm going to have my devotions, and so I read three or four chapters in the Bible, and then I began to pray, and I began to pray for this service today. I began to pray for you. I began to pray for the Holy Spirit knows who's going to be here and who's not, and as, as, as I prayed, I heard the still small voice of the Holy Ghost whisper in my heart. I heard these words, role and responsibilities of fathers. I heard it again, roles and responsibilities of fathers. So that's what I'm calling this message today. We're talking about the roles and responsibilities of fathers. We begin reading in Matthew 6, verse 9. Jesus instructs, he says, in this manner... Therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Our Father in heaven. Jesus says here that God is our Father who is in heaven. And over the years, I've had people say to me, preacher, don't talk to me about God being a father. Don't you talk to me about about him being a good heavenly father, because I can tell you, I've had a father on this earth and he was rotten. He was abusive. He beat me bad. I remember a little boy that I used to play with in my neighborhood and we would play football in his yard. And sometimes he'd come down to our yard and we were seven or eight years of age. And this little boy's daddy was pretty highly placed in state government here in Tallahassee, and and we would often be playing in this little boy's backyard. We'd be playing football, and I remember one day his daddy came outside, and his daddy had a, I never heard him call the little boy by his name. His daddy always called him, hey, fool. That's a pretty bad thing, isn't it? 
You know, when, when, when dads can't compliment and husbands can't build up their wives and children, it says a lot about their own bad self-image. But this dad would come out and say, hey, fool. And when he got really angry, when he was really mad, he looked at my little friend and he called him a stupid fool. And this day we were playing football in his backyard and about four or five of us and his dad came out, his eyes were red and you could tell he'd been drinking and in a slurred speech, he said, hey, you stupid fool, didn't I tell you to do this and didn't I tell you to do that? And the the little boy's trying to explain and his dad will not listen to him. And And his dad then says, hey, you stupid fool, get your stupid friends away from here and you come inside. I'm going to give you what you deserve. And you could hear that father yelling as we walked off the property. You could hear that dad yelling and you could hear that little boy being beaten. And you could hear him saying, but daddy, but daddy, but daddy. I remember when I was pastoring in Illinois, uh, a lady sat across the desk from me and she was a young lady in her 20s. And she says, pastor, I've just got to tell you. She says, I know I'm overweight. I'm carrying about a hundred extra pounds than I should be. And it was true. She was, she was a heavy girl. She says, Pastor, let me tell you why I'm overweight. I'm overweight because I want to be unattractive. I do not want a man to look twice at me. I do not want a man to ever touch me. And I just sat there listening and she says, Pastor, I've got to tell you, when I was a little girl every night, about 10 o'clock, my daddy would come into my bedroom and wake me up. And he would molest me and he raped me. And I never want a man to touch me. Folks, I get it when some people, when we refer to God as a father, some people, I get it. I get it that they, they, they've been hurt and they've been tormented. They've been abused by dads. And some of you here today, you had abusive fathers. Some of you had alcoholic fathers. Some of you had absentee fathers. I get that. I really do. But here's what I want to say to you today. God is not just a father. He is the father. God is not just a father. He is the father. I want you to look in in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 15. Excuse me, I guess it's 14 and 15. Paul says this. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the father. Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, not to a father, but to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom, now this is important, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. I know we live in a world and a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that there is a creator God. A lot of people don't want to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he lived, that he died, that he rose again on the third day, that he shed his blood for us and that he's coming again today. But I'm going to tell you whether people acknowledge it or not, the whole earth, every person on this earth, We can trace our ancestry all the way back to Noah. And then we can trace it back to Adam and Eve. And dear ones, we can bow our knees to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. You know what that means? That means that the ideal role model for fathers is not found in GQ magazine. The ideal for a role model for a father is not found by anybody on earth. It's found in the Lord our God. If you want to know what a true father is, listen to this. 
If you want to know what a true father is, look at Jesus. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. You want to know what the Lord our God is like? I want you to see in your mind's eye now Jesus healing the sick and cleansing the lepers and raising the dead and casting out devils. I want you to see Jesus saying, let the little children come unto me and forbid them not. You know, when little children come unto you, I mean, some of them are still drooling. Some of them, I mean, they're just not so, they're just not so all together. Can I just hold Sophie for a second? Come help me with this, sweetheart. Now, she loves to be held this way. She doesn't love to be held talk, uh, looking at you. See, Jesus said, suffer the little children. You want to know what God's like? God is a God who likes to hold little kids and let them drool all over him and get snot on him. Come on. And sometimes you got to burp them when they're their size and they, they mess up everything you got. It's got to go to the dry cleaners. That's what God's like. God doesn't mind. Oh, you want your mama? It's par for the course. That happens at home too. What am I saying? I'm saying we serve a God. Jesus says, if you want to know what the Father's like, look at me. I'm not an abusive God. I'm not an abusive Father. I mean, we, 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 we serve a God who loves us so much. In your mind's eye, I want you to see him standing at the door. See, Daddy God standing at the door. As the prodigal says, I'll have my inheritance. Thank you. And I'm going to go my own way. And here's the father standing and watching that young man go to a far country. And he knows he's going to get in trouble. He knows it's not going to work out. He knows he's going to lose every penny that he's got. He knows that things are just not going to be good. But here's the father. His heart's breaking. I want you to know, God the Father often looks at you and me. And he looks at people on this earth. And we're going our own way. And we're doing our own thing. And we're doing it. And we think we're wise. And we think we're smart. And all the time, God's heart is breaking, but he doesn't make us change because he's given us the power of choice. None of us are robots. All of us have the power to change. So I want you to see God the Father standing at the door, watching as that boy disappears over the horizon, and his heart is breaking. And every day that the boy is gone, spending his money on prostitutes and spending his money on drugs and, 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 and having a good time and making friends with money. But when his money runs out, he doesn't have any friends left. And the father, the father knows what's going to happen. But the father is standing there waiting for the boy to come back. That's my daddy, God. And the boy ends up in the pig pen. And he finally comes to a senses. He finally hits bottom. And he says, how many, how many of my father's servants are better off than I am? I'm going to go back and say, I don't deserve to be your son. Just let me be a servant. But I want you to see, come on in your minds, I want you to see Daddy God. I want you to see the one who Jesus tells us to pray to, our Father which art in heaven. Our Father which art in heaven is standing at the door. And he's looking at the horizon. And in the far distance, he sees a figure coming. And he says, I think I recognize that, that, that the way he's walking. And he gets closer and closer. And the boy's clothes are tattered. The proud look is off his face. 
he's, he's dirty, he's grimy, and he's smelling like pigs. But when the, when daddy God, who we pray to our father, which are in heaven, when daddy God sees that boy, he goes running to him and he embraces him. He doesn't care that he's got maggots flowing out of his, out of his ears. He's embracing him. He's loving him. He says, Oh, my boy, my boy, my boy, my daughter. She's home. He's home. He says, Get a robe for his feet. Get some sandals for his feet. Uh, get a robe for his back and sandals for his feet. Get a ring for his finger. Let's have a party. Let's have a celebration. I want you to know there's more joy in heaven over one sinner than repents than over 99 righteous. I'm telling you that God Almighty loves you. And you may have had a rotten dad here on this earth. Or maybe you've had an absentee dad. But I'm telling you, the Father of heaven and earth is not like your earthly father. The, the, the best earthly father in the world world can't compare with the father of heaven and of earth can you say hallelujah verse 9 says in this manner therefore pray our father in heaven hallowed holy that means to be made clean to be pure to be set apart is your name hallowed Holy is your name. Dear ones, we receive our identity. Everybody say identity. We receive our identity from our Father. I grew up knowing that I was the son, that I am the son of John B. Todd, Jr. And that my grandfather was John B. Todd, Sr., and I grew up being told that I was supposed to be John B. Todd the third. But my dad has an older brother who had a son two years before I was born, and they named him Johnny. And so my mom and dad gave me the name of Terrell. Do you know I've grown up and I've only met three or four other people named Terrell, and I've only met one other person who spells it the way I do. But I like my name Terrell. <laughs> Just think, oh, you might as well go ahead and say, I like my name. I even like my middle name. Come on. I like my name. Turn to somebody and tell them, say, I like your name. Come on, tell them, say, say, I like your name. He says, I want you to pray this way. Hallowed, holy be your name. Now, why did he tell us to pray that way? Because we get our identity as his children when we speak of his name. See, in the Old Testament, there are all these compound names for God. He is Jehovah to Sid Canoe, the Lord, our righteousness. See, dear ones, you can't be made righteous except by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is Jehovah Makedesh, the Lord who sanctifies us. He's Jehovah Shalom, the God who is our peace. Oh, because I have my identity in the Lord Jesus Christ, there are times I don't have peace on this earth. There are times things will happen and I'll feel all this. Somebody accused me of you making up a word. I'll feel all this discombobulation. Folks, that means a great, great absence of peace. And it means there's confusion. That's it. You look it up. It's a real world word. Don't, don't ask Siri right now. But, but, but believe me, it's a real world. So sometimes we feel discombobulated. 
We feel like confusion going someplace to happen. But because we have an identity as a child of God, I can say, I thank you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Shalom. You're the God who gives me peace. Jesus Christ is my Lord, and he's the Prince of Peace. And I thank you for peace that passes all understanding. And I'm able to keep on putting one foot ahead of the other. I'm able to keep a a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. And I keep having a merry heart that does me good like a medicine. See, we get our identities from our daddies. Come on. He is Jehovah Shema. He is the God who is there. He is the God who says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Now, let me ask you a question. Have there been times that you have wondered, where is God right now? Where is God? I don't sense his presence in my life. You know, I think all of us go through those times. That's a good time to say, Lord, I thank you that you are Jehovah Shema. My identity is in you. You are with me. You said you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. First John says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Glory to God. You are Jehovah Rapha. You're the Lord, my healer. You are Jehovah Jireh. You meet every need. You are Jehovah Nisi. You are the Lord, my banner. You're Jehovah Ro you're the Lord my shepherd hallelujah our father in heaven hallowed holy be your name verse 10 your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven saints we know the will of God is always done in heaven But Jesus told us to pray. He says, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because Jesus wants his will done here on this earth. And I've had people say, well, you know, if something happened, it must be God's will. Well, dear ones. We live in a fallen world. And Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians that Satan is the small g, the God, small g, of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. And dear ones, there are things that happen in this world that are not God's will. There was an accident at camp this week. They were, they, 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 they were using an illustration and using fire that was fueled by alcohol and some of it got on some of the children and they got burned. And so it's been, been, been a really, really difficult week for that. And thank God for Pastor Glenn and thank God for our nine campers that they're all safe and, 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 and we're trying to make the best of this situation. I don't think it was God's will for these children to get burned. You see, we have an enemy. And his name is Satan. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and and, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, we need to pray, God, I'm contending for the will of God to come and for, 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 for the kingdom to come and for your will to be done. Let's just look at the local newspaper. This is yesterday's paper. Two indicted in Markle slang. Two people have been indicted on first-degree murder charges in the slaying of Professor Dan Markle, which took place almost two years ago. I thank God that they found these people. But let me tell you something. I don't think it was God's will for Professor Markle to be murdered. 
There are a lot of things that happen on this earth that are not necessarily God's highest and God's best. You say, what's a theology for that? I'll give you a theology for it. John 10, verse 10. The thief, Satan, came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life, and you may have it more abundantly. That doesn't sound like abundant life to me. He said, I need some more theology, Pastor. We'll go to John chapter 8, verse 44. Jesus said that the devil is a liar and a murderer. He says the devil has been a murderer from the beginning. He says when he speaks, the truth is not in him. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil. Jesus was anointed of God. And he went around making life better for people, not for worse. Here's uh, the USA Today. Church shooting a year ago changes everything. Friday marked the one-year anniversary of the Charleston Church Massacre when nine black parishioners were shot and killed inside the historically black Emmanuel AME Church. Folks, pastors were murdered, assistant pastors were murdered in cold blood by a deranged, maniacal terrorist. That is not God's will. You say, well, pastor, don't you believe in the sovereignty of God? I believe in the sovereignty of God. Sovereignty means independent. God is independent of you, and he's independent of me, but he is not independent of his word. He says he watches over his word to perform it. He says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will not pass away. And when you open the pages of scripture, you get to know a father God who's got your best interest at heart. He's a wonderful father God. I don't even need to tell you what happened last weekend in Orlando. In the early Sunday morning hours, 49 people are massacred. Because some deranged, bipolar, terrorist, gunman decides to go into a, to, 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 to a nightclub and open fire. You say, but pastor, that was a, that was a homosexual nightclub and they were in there drinking and doing all kinds of, of wrong things. Let me tell you something. Jesus came to save sinners. And the Bible says that God does not delight in the death of the wicked. Yeah, I believe that homosexuality is a sin, but I think adultery is a sin too. I think fornication is a sin too. I'm going to really meddle here. I think overeating is a sin too. Woo! I just lost some of you right there. I don't think that was... I, I read where somebody said, well, these people just got what they deserve. That was... God, I don't think God was in that. The devil was in that. Listen, man, when the, when the Holy Spirit is present, there's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Spirit is at work, there are people that are going to walk together in love and in joy and in peace. And when God's will is done, people are going to exhibit patience with each other and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. He said, pray for the will of God to be done on this earth. 
And then he said, verse 11, pray, give us this day our daily bread. You know, great fathers provide for their children. What do they provide? Let me, I can't, I can't give you an exhaustive list, but I'll share with you just a few things. See, great fathers are going to supply security for their children. How many of you know everybody needs a sense of security? The story is told that, that after the close of World War I, so many men, fathers, and grandfathers were killed in Germany and in Russia that there came several generations that were called the fatherless generation. And in Germany, because you had so many young people growing up without a father, that set the stage for Adolf Hitler and his Nazi party to come on the, on the scene. And Adolf Hitler understood that all these people needed the security that only a father could, could afford. So he began calling Germany the fatherland. And he took an entire generation astray because they were looking for security. The same thing happened in Russia. Joseph Stalin came along and his communist party. And Joseph Stalin began to speak up. We are going to care for you. We are going to love you. We're going to make sure that your needs are supplied and met. And he paved the way for Russia to become a communistic country. Kids find security in the love and in the care and the nurture of their moms and of their dads. And in tough times, every single person needs to know they've got a dad. And if they don't have a dad, they need to know that they got a mom, they got an uncle, they got a grandparent, they got somebody that's going to go to bat for them. I remember when I was in... In uh, the school I went to was grades 7 through 12. And, and I remember I was in the 8th or ninth grade and I took a wood shop class. And I was really looking forward to it because I wanted to learn to, to work with wood. And um, I got in the class and there were a bunch of us that were in, in middle school ages. But there was probably 9 or 10 guys that were 11th and 12th graders enrolled in that class because they needed to graduate and they needed the credit. And, and there were two of them that delighted on picking on us younger kids. And in this woodshop class, there was a upper level and a, and a lower level. We had one instructor and he was an older gentleman. He had a broken hip. And so he was hopping along and he couldn't even walk down the stairs where all the wood was kept. And these two other guys would take us younger guys downstairs where the wood was kept. And one would hold us and the other would just pummel us. I mean, it happened day after day. It happened week after week. I got where I was dreading going to that woodshop class. And I remember one night I couldn't sleep. And I went and I said, Dad, I got a problem. He said, what is it, son? And I told him. He says, son, here's what I want you to do. This has been going on how long? And I told him. He says, well, you've already turned the other cheek because you haven't done anything, have you? I said, no, sir. He says, you've already gone the second mile. He says, you've already, you've already done what Jesus said to do. Now, we just need to stand up, son. Here's what I want you to do. When you go into the woodshop class tomorrow morning, get there early. Find a piece of wood that fits your hand. Find something that you can swing. And son, I don't want you to hit anybody unprovoked. He said, son, you keep that piece of wood with you. And he says, if those boys come over and lay a hand on you, 
If they hit you, if they do anything, son, I'm giving you permission. Here's what I want you to do. Now listen carefully. I want you to hit as hard as you can with that piece of wood. Then I want you to run out that door. I want you to run straight to the principal's office. I want you to call me, and I will be right there. Well, man, next morning I got my piece of wood, and I was just waiting. Guess who did not come to class that day? The two guys that had been picking on us. It turned out they were expelled for some more for other shenanigans they got in. But great fathers provide security. Great fathers also provide identity. We've already talked about, we've already talked a little bit about identity. And great fathers also provide provision for their children. First Timothy 5 verse 8 says, but if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Folks, most men think that's all they're called to do. They think, well, I, I worked. I, I gave her my paycheck. I, I, I'm taking care of them. I've, I've offered a roof over their head. I've done my job. No, no, sir, you, you haven't done it all because there's more to do than just that because great fathers also correct their children. How many of you know God loves us so much that he corrects us when we get going in the wrong direction? Proverbs 22, 6. You don't have this on the screen, but let me read it. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 29, 6 says, correct your son, and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. God loves you so much that he, he's not going to leave you the way you are. He loves us so much that he brings correction at times. Number, number, number four, great fathers encourage their children. Colossians 3 verse 21 says, fathers, do not aggravate or provoke your children or they will become discouraged. Fathers, do not aggravate, do not provoke your children. Mm. Great fathers pray for their children. When our kids were small and living at home and now all three of them are married, two of them have children of their own, Kathy and I still, every day, we're praying part of the Lord's Prayer over their lives. We're praying in the name of Jesus. We speak the power of the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you, there's power in the blood of Christ. There's power in the blood. Demons tremble at the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ is a full payment for our sin, for our healing, for our wholeness. For, 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 it, we've got the Holy Ghost as a down payment on all creation. And there's power in the blood of Jesus. And we speak the power of the blood of Jesus in prayer. We simply say, Lord, today we speak the power of the blood of Christ over Terry and over Paul and over Sophie and over Catherine and Byron and Braden and Aubrey and over Kristen and over Adam, Lord God, and over the children they're going to have in the future, Lord God. We we speak the power of the blood of Christ over Evangel Assembly of God. Lord God, you know who in our church. And then we'll just start calling the names of those that we know that are that are sick and suffering. And, but God, you know what everybody's going through today. You know what happened yesterday. And you know what's going to happen tomorrow. And God, I just speak your blessings because the blessings of the Lord make one rich and you add no sorrow to it. I thank you, Lord, that the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. I thank you today, Lord God, that you're making Zach and Lacey Barnes. You're making Ella and Maggie and Nora Barnes like their path is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. God, I thank you that Abby and that Noah, I thank you that Natalie and that Zach and that and that uh, Glenn and that Cherie are blessed today because you're the God. You're 
you're the, 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 the God who's the most high God, the maker of heaven and earth. I thank you because you're at work to will and do and good of your good pleasure. Folks, we need to pray. Dads, you're the high priest of your household. I'm, I'm your pastor. I'm your teacher. I am not the high priest of your home. You're the one that has to call your family together and say, we're going to read the Bible together, even if it's a short psalm, and we're going to spend a little time praying together. You know, uh, so many times we did it when, when I'll be honest with you, we were running late. You know how it goes in the morning, you know, somebody can't find their shoe and somebody is, hadn't had breakfast yet. And somebody, I mean, it gets chaotic and, and, and you're always leaving the house late. I'll tell you, there's been so many times we've just stopped and said, Lord, we're going to pray right now. We're going to spend some time because the Bible says, if in all our ways, we'll acknowledge him, he will direct. How many of you want God to direct your path? Then in all your ways, if you'll acknowledge him, if you'll stop, spend some time with him, he'll direct your path. Look at verse 12 with me. Jesus told us to pray and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debts. Let me say this about great children. Great children honor their parents enough to forgive them for their failings. I'll say it over here. Great children love God so much that they want to honor their moms and dads by forgiving them of their failings. Because the perfect dad has never existed except in heaven. Okay? Our Father God. Every other dad has had feet of clay. Every other dad has had good intentions but a sin nature to deal with. So it's important that we forgive. He says, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. You know, great dads will help protect their kids against evil. And everybody just look at me with this. And I, I'm just going to preach for a little bit more and I'll be finished. But look at me. We have an enemy of our soul. See, this Christianity is not a flesh and blood deal. Christianity is about relating to God the Father through Christ the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's believing the Word of God, and going forward in faith. And you'll never have any more faith than you've got the Word of God inside you. Come on now. And there is a struggle. There is a warfare. Paul said that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're divinely powerful in God. He said, we wrestle against principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness in high places. And Jesus told us to pray Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. See, the devil would like to set you up for a season of depression. The devil would like to set you up for a season of despair. The devil would like for you to get so down that you go to try to find your your relief in a bottle or in a pill or in an extra Oreo. Woo! The devil would like to set you up so that 
You, you, you suddenly don't think you can trust God. If, if you want to be miserable, tell yourself you can't trust God. If you can't trust God, you can't trust anybody. If you don't have hope in Jesus, you don't have hope in this world. But we can pray, lead me not into the temptation of falling in despair. Lead me not into the temptation of falling into a depression. Lead me not into the temptation of falling into fear and anxiety. And lead me not that stuff, but deliver me. I said deliver me from the evil one. That's God's will for you. But you got to contend for it. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Deliver me from temptation. Deliver me from the evil one. And he says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Again, great children honor their parents. That's what Jesus is telling. He says, honor God. Say, God, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 14, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Norm, come on to the keyboard, if you will. I read one time about a, a Catholic nun, and she was volunteering, doing volunteer work in a prison. And this Catholic non, nun was writing letters for inmates who, who couldn't write so well. And so she would write these letters, and, 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 and Mother's Day was coming up, and one of, the, one of the convicts said, could you please get me a Mother's Day card? I want to bless my mom. And so she got him a Mother's Day card, and then another ask, and another ask. And before long, word got out that she was supplying Mother's Day cards, and there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of requests. She didn't know what to do, so she contacted Hallmark, and they provided her with several crates of Mother's Day cards. And so she gave them to the inmates. They all seemed happy with that. Well, shortly, shortly after, she realized, hey, that third Sunday in June is going to become Father's Day. I better get some Father's Day cards. So she got Hallmark to send her several crates of Father's Day cards. Only something happened. Not a single inmate asked for a Father's Day card. Everybody look at me. I know some of you have had absentee fathers. You may feel like you had to raise yourself. Some of you had alcoholic fathers some of you had abusive fathers some of you had dads that beat your mothers some of you've got memories that you try to you try to do away with you try to just push back you try to repress but i'm gonna tell you as long as you can feel the the the, the pain inside you haven't dealt with it yet and some of you what would happen on this father's day what would happen if some of you whose fathers are still living, what if you picked up the phone and called him and said, Hey, Dad, I know we've had some differences over the years. Maybe I haven't always done everything right. Don't call him to talk about his badness, but just call him to just break the ice and say, Dad, I, I know I haven't done everything right, but 
I want things to be right between you and me. Would you forgive me, Dad? Now, this is a chance he could get angry. He could slam the phone down. He could say, never call me again. But you know what? He might. He might say, son, thank you so much for calling me. Thank you so much. I'm going to tell you something. The older you get, the more important relationships are. And he might say, son, please forgive me. Oh, what a way to honor your father. What a way to have Father's Day. And you say, well, my dad's gone. He's, he's been dead for a long time. What, what if you were able, what if you were able to go to his grave and just stand at his grave and say, Dad, and you're doing this for your sake, but just say, Dad, I forgive you. I let you go. Now, he's not asking for your forgiveness. He hasn't done anything to merit your forgiveness. But here's the deal. You need to forgive him so you don't carry that stuff anymore. You need got to forgive. It's got to be more than just words. It's got to come from the heart. You got to deal with that pain because if you don't deal with that pain, you're going to go through your entire life and you're going to have IOUs in your heart. And every time you think about what he did to you and, or, or, or the way he abandoned you or, or whatever happened, all your life, you're going to remember that and you're going to say, thank you owe me and it's going to make you angry and you're going to suffer. We don't forgive because the other person deserves it. We forgive because we deserve to be set free of the tyranny of what happened to you and to me. We live in a fallen world and God's will doesn't always take place. And sometimes there's tyranny and sometimes there's heartache and sometimes there's difficulty. But thank God, Romans 8.28 still is at work. God will make everything work together for the good to those that love him that are called according to his purpose. What Satan means for harm, God will make work together for our good. I want you to stand to your feet all over this place. Stand to your feet. I'm going to ask that nobody move, nobody be talking during this time. Stand to your feet and close your eyes. Bow your heads. You'd say today, Terrell, I, I need to get right with the Father. I need to get right with the Father God. I, 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 I want to have a relationship with him. I want to be able to make heaven my home. I want forgiveness of my sins. Let me tell you, forgiveness is available because God loves you, but it's not automatic because Jesus said, not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Forgiveness is available, but it's not automatic because it's impossible for a holy God to allow sin into his presence. Did you hear that? It's impossible for a holy God to allow sin into his presence. If it's impossible, what does it take? It takes turning away from your sin. It takes repenting of your sins. It takes putting your faith in the resurrected King of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's calling out to God and say, God, would you save me? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, Romans says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And with every head bowed, every eye closed today, if you'd say, Terrell, today I need, I need a relationship with the Father God. I don't want anything into my life to come between me and Him. Maybe you've been going some places you shouldn't go, doing things you shouldn't do, hanging out with people that are, that are not healthy for you, but today you can turn. 
you can turn. You can say it's called repentance. It's a Bible word. It means to be going in one direction and you turn and go in the next direction. If you just say with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody moving around. If you say, Terrell, today, I want to turn. I want to turn from the direction I'm going and I want to turn to God. I want to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, all over the house. I want to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to turn to God today. Anybody at all. Anybody at all. I just want to give this opportunity. I never want to have a service, honestly, saints, that I don't give people an opportunity to know the Master, to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, here I'm going to ask this on this Father's Day. I'm going to ask for every father to come down here. In fact, not every father, but every dad. Not every dad, but every man. Come on. I want every man. Father, if you're over the age of 15, I want you to come and join us down here. Come on. Come on. Every male in this house. Every male in this house. Come on. Every male in this house. And that includes some of you that are 12 and 13 too. Come on down here. Come on and join us. Come on, everybody. We're getting ready to sing. And we're going to just make a a, a fresh commitment of our heart to God today. Come on, this is about fresh commitments. We've talked about the role and the responsibilities of fathers. You see, some people become fathers and they don't have any idea what their role or responsibilities are. Because children don't come with a manual. Children don't come with a, with a job description. But the Word of God has got descriptions for us. And the Word of God will help us. Guys, just to take one more step in so people behind you can step in here right now. and let, it, let everybody get in here. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7.00. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.